Enhancement out there in the Geek Nation. You're listening to Spoiler Alert. Spoiler! Uh, I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. With me this week is Brian Lee. Hey, hey, hey. And no. Hi. I, that, I yelled spoiler because I, I want to attempt to catch some sort of noise on when you introduce the show, uh-huh. like they do for Gutter Talk. Yeah, but theirs is better. I, well, I'm, you just, you I'm just, waiting for notes and no one says anything. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how do like we build it. this? Do a new one. Here, I'll, as a graphic designer of 20 years, I will tell you what uh, my clients tell me mm-hmm. when they don't like a design I've done. Um, make it pop. Make it pop? Mm. Can you make it pop? Yeah. Just make it's it, some, you know what, just uh, can you make it pop. It's missing something. It's not yeah. slick. could be yeah. slicker. So, yeah, back to the drawing board. Noel. Right. Mm. Uh, well, I'm, if anybody wants to email or send a uh, voicemail and suggestions on <laughs> what we should <laughs> what do for an opening of the show. When I say, i listening to spoiler alert. Spoiler Oh, damn, no, that was the same one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are here to discuss this week's books, but first, we got letters. We got, we got letters? letters? Oh, we, we got, got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. I want to put on the record, I listen to Gutter Talk. Because Luckily, we are recording it right now. <laughs> I, <we're, laughs> the other stuff you said is also on the record. Let it be known. Uh, well, also, I, I think the listeners don't necessarily know that we have somebody in the corner typing the notes of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon. Stenographer. Uh, can you please write this down? Take the minutes. Um, I listen to Gutter Talk, and you guys mentioned in the Joker episode that like nobody really sings along, or you, yeah. you, I, JD. It was me. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then I felt bad too because Len was just like, "Not even Noel." I was like, "No, not uh, even Noel." Not even Noel. I just, I didn't know it's a welcome. I didn't know my place in the song. I didn't know <laughs> if I was supposed to sing or not. But now I know. I also want to say after listening to that episode you guys were a little t- i felt you guys were too kind to joker i actually didn't oh, like it because i yeah. thought we were pretty brutal <laughs> I, <I'd> like <laughs> your brutal is my like indifferent yeah <laughs> i think it should have been mean <laughs> yeah. uh yeah that movie's not and the further away from it i get the more i think about the mm. movie joker the more annoyed at it i get mm-hmm. so yeah um kind of like bvs Mm. Or Man of Steel, or Justice League, or just leaves you empty and then keeps hollowing as time goes by. Yeah. I still yeah. like Men of Steel. I just don't like it as a Superman, a Superman movie? movie that could have led into a DC. Yeah, you know what I thought was like, oh, this is like Action Comics number one in 1938, where it's just almost a sci-fi story yeah. of an alien that comes to Earth and he's got. And I, I thought it was a really cool movie, mm. but looking back, it's like, ah, but had they done a better Superman movie? So that's know. that's like. Very similar to the same argument about the Joker movie for a lot of people. Okay, just like, yeah. You know, I thought it was just a really good movie as is. It yeah. didn't have anything. If it had nothing to do with the Joker, it'd be even better. Right. Like, I mean, then don't make it. Well, no, they, they, they did make it. It was called Taxi Driver. And, and then they, they took Taxi Driver and they put some Joker makeup on it. It's, hmm. uh, oh, so if you, want, if you want that version without the Joker, go you know watch what? Taxi Driver. Just hmm. release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> of <laughs> Taxi Driver. Yeah. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Um, is, that, Snyder, is that how that works? I want Snyder to yeah. cut yeah. everything. Release the Snyder cut hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. Um, we have uh, speaking of letters, 
We hey, get letters? Big, no, <laughs> Pink Apocalypse had wrote, written us in. Hey, guys. Obsessive nerd musing. I love when continuity is adhered to in ongoing fiction, even though it's not a total deal breaker for me when it isn't. You have to learn pretty quick to let that go with comics. Marvel even acknowledged the reality of all things by giving the Marvel Cinematic Universe a, no joke, designation of... N- 999 comma 999 to ensure it wouldn't step on previous writing. Really? Did that happen? Earth 999,999, yeah. yeah. In the comics, right? But then in the movies, they said it was 616. Well, she right? she gets into that in the email. Okay. Oh. Yeah. One of the biggest reasons I have loved the screen universe so much is the fairly rigorous through line of continuity they've maintained. Aside from a few dates not quite lining up and later revised to fix them they've at least tried to be deliberately consistent i can't help but feel that the way infinity saga was brought that to a close we've seen the end of a golden age that will never reach again in far from home mysterio incorrectly states that the universe is 616 probably giving some recreationally angry fans an aneurysm doing so during the water fight spider-man doesn't bother taking his sneakers off the entire time despite very specifically Brian's holding his ears closed. He's never. He hasn't. Brian, for some reason, has not gotten around to Far From Home yet. Oh. (laughs) And doesn't want anything to be spoiled on this spoiler alert podcast. I don't think it spoils. It does. Okay. Oh shit. It does. Walk away. All right. (laughs) Well, I mean, you already went through the part that kind of spoils it. (laughs) Oh, then great. Okay. Fantastic. Um, (laughs) so what you had missed was (laughs) (laughs) to catch you up during the water fight spider-man doesn't bother taking his sneakers off the entire time despite very specifically having to do so during homecoming it's the continuity of his powers that's all she's really getting at oh very good the creative team behind (laughs) agents of shield has stated that as of the close of infinity saga they're saying fuck it and doing their own (laughs) thing against the continuity of all future movie events the thing is i don't feel that you can hand wave away and whatever details like the shoes they're pretty specific interactive point between him and the world what would affect story writing and plot elements and agents of shields modest but persistent connections were a big part of the reasons i watched the show you can edge yourself toward a pretty intense continuity gasm that way does continuity in the screen universe matter i know comics became crushed under their own weight making it impossible but it seems a little early as well as unnecessary to just throw in the towel on the screen versions now I have ah, thoughts. What a great email. Yeah, I, I, have, I have thoughts because there's a couple of points in there that she, she gets at. Like one, in, in response specifically to the Far From Home like continuity errors, and I do that with air quotes, um, one of the errors was from an unreliable narrator or an unreliable source. Yes. The other one has to do with the shoes coming off. Mm-hmm. I, so he was taking off the shoes in the first movie to put the boots on of his costume, not because he needed his feet bare for tactile reasons. Oh. Um, mm. And he, in that scene on in Venice, he like it was it was all just like impromptu. So mm-hmm. I like he also didn't really climb on much of anything. He was just jumping from pole to pole. And, right, it's true. So also, like I didn't I didn't it didn't like throw me away of like oh that's not how that's that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Also, um, he could theoretically have thought that he needed to be in skin to surface contact. In in his early outings, and then realize that he doesn't. I don't need it. Right. I mean, he does wear his spider suit a lot Mm -hmm. when he's climbing on things. And in (laughs) in regards to Agents of Shield, I think I'm the only one here that still watches. No, I watch it. You watch it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think they abandoned continuity. I think a a continuity abandoned them. It's just like a corporate thing where the movies weren't communicating with TV anymore. Yeah. So they weren't saying "eff it." 
they were just trying to tell stories that had nothing to do with the movies yeah. to not step on them. I thought they did a really good job, though, yeah. of um, Infinity War. Uh, yeah, where, because yeah, yeyeah. I think I hadn't seen Infinity War when I saw that episode of of Agents of Shield, or or maybe I had, I don't remember. But they did a, a really excellent job of there is some huge thing happened, mm-hmm. and we well, are they, dealing with some other huge thing, and like the main guy wants to go off and help that thing, but they don't actually say what the thing is, uh, so it didn't spoil it if you right. if you didn't see it. Um, yeah, and then they also too like the the way that the last like three seasons of that show has been the hiatuses have been a little weird where it's mm, like thirteen yeah. episodes and they're gone for like a year. Right. And it's almost like a British television show where it's actually it's not like every Se- October series. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they two whole like between seasons six and now or between seasons five and six they were off in space and shit and two whole. Marvel movies came out and, and left and the whole status quo changed while they were yeah. away. So it's kind of been happening through the raindrops as opposed to saying, fuck you, continuity. Right. So I, I think that's a little weird. But then also, I I love continuity. I, that's what makes things kind of feel heavy. Yeah. It it's feel fun, weighted. too. Absolutely. It's super fun. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I but love I, it. I also, I'm okay with when they let go of pieces of it as long as, and this is like my heavy caveat, I'm more... And I'm more of a fan of or or beholden to character continuity, not mm. plot continuity. So mm. if to serve the plot, a character does something that's completely out of the realm of how they've been established, I'm more offended by that than if, you know, doesn't Peter take Parker shoes. making a deal with Mephisto to save his uh, exactly. right, right. Yeah. If it's if it's uh if it's like, hey, we need to get here for the story, but we're gonna have a person that wouldn't technically do this or mm-hmm. conceivably do this and just like kind of shoehorn them into that i think that's a break of character continuity and that bothers mm-hmm. me more than just we're not going to worry about this detail over here because yeah. so what yeah it also like seems that like that stuff bothers me yeah i me too and when they break character continuity it's more like you didn't have to do that you chose to yeah where obviously it's all a choice but when they break plot continuity it's like well you know the story this is a better story would you yeah. like to enjoy the story or would you like to be beholden to so many at this point, so many contradictory yeah, continuity yeah, stuff? Exactly. You know, and retcon is a term. It exists. Yeah. It's a thing that that almost must happen in this long of an ongoing shared universe. Yeah. Um, so you mean a perpetual yeah. second act. I don't yeah. think we've said it yet this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm reminded of Take your um, drinks, what I really like about what I really like about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that New York feels like its own character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, I'm reminded of uh, the show Stargate, uh-huh. where they said, it, like, this one, they had this uh, Zat gun, right? Mm-hmm. And one blast would, I think, stun somebody, and two would kill them, mm-hmm. and three would make them disintegrate, orgasm. right? Oh. No, the orgasm is a different, <laughs> different, uh, gun. different gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. The second and third have to be hit within 20 seconds, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it takes 15 seconds for the gun to, like, <laughs> right. overturn. Yeah. So if you got a five second window of dying or coming, yeah. It's like yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it's a good way to go. Yeah. But uh, no, and then I heard some commentary, and they were like, "Yeah, we needed that one time. We needed a good way to get rid of some bodies one time." And we were like, "How about three times disintegrates them?" Nice. And then afterwards, they were like, "Oh, we really shouldn't have done that because <laughs> now all the time it's like, well, why didn't they just do it three times to disintegrate this guy?" Yeah. And that's the kind of continuity that I can forgive if they were like, mm-hmm. "You know what? Well, we screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't think Whoops. it through, and yeah. you know, now we'd rather go back." And they never did in that show. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, but with the 616 thing, I really thought they missed an opportunity where for for the cinematic universe to be part of the overarching Marvel continuity. Like, yeah. why have the movies be the 616 of cinema? Yeah. Why not just have them be some other universe where... Uh, well, they, they are. 
They okay. are. Huh? The comics are 616. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all, that's all anyone needs to know. All right. Uh, I like Damn continuity. Um, yeah. Just to, to, to hammer it home, I yeah. like continuity to a certain extent, but I do not want to. Um, there's so many times recently where I'll see comment sections on Newsarama Facebook mm. or you know comic resource whatever, and um, people will be upset that Brian Michael Bendis is ruining Superman and uh-huh. he just doesn't care about continuity and he just <laughs> blah blah blah. And I'm like, that may be true, but also the books are so fun that I forgive mm. it. So also changing things is not forgetting about continuity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like revealing something either like an official retcon or just changing it is not necessarily forgetting about yeah. it. It's just doing what's best for the story or, you know, honestly, the continuity that you remember probably was the change from something else mm-hmm. uh, before yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And that's the whole reason we get all these crises. Right. It's because continuity right. is such a mess that they're like, well, I guess we'll start from scratch. I'll I tell know. you, it's also fun just to know it. I th- I find it fun. Yeah. And that's what's fun about seeing it in co- in the comic when you're like, oh, yeah, I remember. Wally did run into Aqualad in this one time. Yeah. You know, like, that's cool. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also think there's a danger of just becoming obsolete yourself as, as anybody that comments on on, on, on uh uh, pop culture when it turns into a back in my day and mm. get off my lawn kind of yeah. bullshit, mm. which sure. I don't appreciate. Like, I, there's a lot of things that I don't like. Mm. I either have a reason as to why I personally don't like it, or it's just not for me. Yeah. It's not mm. a you're ruining all this shit with your stupid new ideas about yeah. blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. fudge. And you. you can still miss stuff. Like, I miss pre New Fifty Two. You know, yeah. I was just thinking, I was like, man, I so does, I really would like that back. So does yeah. you know? the editorial, and they're yeah. trying real hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to this week's books. Thank you so much, Pink Apocalypse, for emailing us. If anybody else out there wants to email us, you can do so at cultpopgo at gmail.com. You can also go to cultpopgo.com, click on the bright red banner, and leave us a voicemail. Here we go. Superman Smashes the Clan, number one. Writer is Gene Luen Yang, with art by Guri Hiru. Guri Hiru. Guri Hiru. That's um, what I would say. Diamond has this to say. Inspired by the 1940s Superman radio serial, Clan of the Fiery Cross, uh, they say the names again, present this personal retelling of the adventures of the Lee family as they team up with Superman to smash the (gasps) clan. (gasps) Yeah, yeah, you heard it here first. Unless you read it. Or the solicits earlier. You may have heard it anywhere. I mean, it's been around since the 40s. Yeah, yeah, you probably heard it (laughs) a long time ago. So this was wonderful. Mm -hmm. This was great. Uh, The the cartooning is fantastic. The the colors are great. The story's a lot of fun. It's got something to say. This is a perfect package of all-ages Superman. And I also like that not only is it based on the 1946 serial, uh, they, they place it with that Superman version. So, like, mm, yeah. that's, even though it's now, the Superman, the Superman. <laughs> Superman. Very 1946 um, of you. He uh, can't uh, fly. Can't fly. And also, Single things buildings. that didn't come in yet aren't there, right? Like, Perry White and Kryptonite yeah. are not there because mm-hmm. they were introduced in the radio show later. Yeah, uh, this is, this it, is what I heard. I did not read this it's one. It's an adaptation. Uh, so, Wait, they, I thought they Perry make... White was in this. Perry White is. Is he? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, right there. Oh, yeah. you know what? Jimmy Olsen. Sorry, Jimmy not Perry. No, they're White. both there. there. They're both there? Yeah. Well, I... I... Great Caesar's ghost, Brian. Well... <laughs> the chief yeah. is there. <laughs> Don't call him chief. All of that Sorry, is chief. in there. Yeah. All of those classic So it, little... it is, it's it's an adaptation. Like, he does... Um, the, the writer and artist don't really go out of their way to redo anything. They just tell a very 
sweet story and continuity of this 1946 kind of era of Superman. He does not fly. He leaps. He runs across cables. Uh, he runs telephone across cables. telephone cables. Yeah, yeah, yeah like back so, like, in the day. In, yeah. in, um, in the suburbs of Metropolis, there's just like a blue streak <laughs> right. of him. And like at, or at another point, they look up, and he's just standing on them, <laughs> which is weird. I mean, he probably just didn't know he could hovering. fly yet. Yeah. And maybe, he maybe was he knows right, just lightening his weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like the, the, the wires don't bow at all, <laughs> even though he's standing on them. They're, they're hmm. flat like concrete. Show me. Show me. I don't believe you. Uh, no. Well, um, it's a lot of pages to flip through. <laughs> but um, <laughs> this, this was, is was, great. This is super wonderful. Hmm. Super mm. wonderful. Wunderbar. Um, Uber wunderbar. Because, and also too, you know what? I'm sorry. Because it is such a old version of the character, there are things that I didn't remember or don't remember or had never read really before, yeah. other than like anecdotally reading a Wikipedia page He's that he couldn't do X, Y, and Z. Ch- no, JD, I mean it's a sorry. secret. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like what he can and can't do at this time, and you know, like our no, no, no. Superman or our version of Superman used to be like, well, he doesn't just fly and yeah. burn mm. and stop and save. But it's there's, mm. this 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 character has limitations. Yeah, I love it. <clears throat> and how he communicates with these children is. Just so incredibly fantastic. The, my favorite version of this character is the fedora-wearing mm. um, 1940s hmm. character. I just, I love it. I love the um, that he can't fly. His his powers are very limited, but mm. still fantastical. Um, I, I, I don't like Superman who can move the Earth. Oh, uh, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's just going to punch the planet Apocalypse to death like i don't like that stuff i like this version of superman um the closest we got in recent years which is not recent anymore was the new 52 grant morrison oh that was great comics that stuff was awesome yeah we had i even like the t-shirt and yeah that was cool and i do like very very powerful superman um but action i'm i also like this version of superman you know and so action comics uh uh, new 52 thing was really cool yeah um I like the, not that I've read so much of it, I just like the idea of him as being very, very socially conscious. Mm-hmm. And it's a kind of thing that you can't do as much with a hero as powerful as the Silver Age Superman. Because yeah. if he wants to make a change, he's making that change. Yeah. You know what I mean? This it's guy. Like Michael Jackson. Exactly. Yeah, start with the man in the mirror. Sure. I do not get those references. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. And you I'll never look cut it up. This out. <laughs> Say something important right now. You can't cut it out. <laughs> there it is. All right, go ahead. Um, so this story, the original version of the, the radio version of this story, had a real-world impact on the Ku Klux Klan and the takedown of the Ku Klux Klan, right? So Have they been taken down, though? Well, they, from where they were, like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Just a little bit? Yeah. yeah. And they're nowhere near what they used to be. Um, there's... Other shit going on, yeah. <laughs> but you know, not them. They changed their as name, much. right? Right. So it was shortly after World War II, and the Klan had seen some resurgence, um, which also kind of gives me hope for today. You know, we yeah. think of World War II as being the end of the Nazis, but some people were mad about that, yeah. and they and they resurged, right? Or surged, maybe, and um, resurged. I think they started right after the Civil War again. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so this guy had done uh, what's his name, um, Stetson Kennedy, was a young writer and activist. And he wanted to expose the Klan, and he gathered all this data because he he went undercover and he joined the Klan, and he gathered all this information like secret handshakes or whatever kind of stuff. And he goes to the police; the police won't do anything about it either because they were sympathetic. That I don't know, but also because they were afraid. Right? Oh, Maybe right. a mix of both. You know, who knows? Six of one. 
Yeah, and so he brought this information. Or they were also members. Yeah, could yeah. be all three. Associated right. or afraid, either way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he brought this information that he had gathered about this like new mysterious power um, or newly resurgent mysterious power to the Superman radio producers, and they created this story. And using this real world information, they put the secrets of the kid that you had to like join the clan to know out into the world, and it kind of took down their mystique. And after that, their uh, membership like recruitment dropped down to like practically zero, That's at least awesome. for a while. Right? Superman smashes the clan. It's the power of storytelling. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, man. Right? Well, speaking of the story, so this is, uh, the Superman is not the main character of this book, I think we no. should probably say. Hmm. It is um, the Lee family who are moving into Metropolis from Chinatown because the father, the patriarch of the family, got a lab job. Was it yeah. Star Labs explicitly yeah. or just oh, a lab? I don't think Star Labs was around back then, but uh. yeah. Um, and the two he was doing science stuff at science at stuff science science, the, labs. science building the two, science labs <laughs> the two children who his whole family who he's trying to westernize for their own safety you know like they're changing their names from uh, I forget her her Lanche or something like mm-hmm. to that regard and now she's Roberta yeah and bought Timmy and Roberta as opposed mm-hmm. to their their original names and trying to fit in but then the clan. Uh, doesn't agree with them trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story kind of goes from there, uh, them being believed. And I thought this was, the, especially the the father character, um, when they do burn a cross on their lawn, he doesn't really understand it. It's like, I think you're making a mistake. Yeah, We're not, yeah, we're not those people. We're not, yeah, yeah, we're not. We just need to show them that we're mm. not what they think we are. Mm. Yeah, like he doesn't understand the broad scope of racism even though he's being a victim of racism which is a really really interesting and quite nuanced perspective in a all Hmm. ages book i love this this was just really good on top of that nuanced um piece of storytelling i also really like the fact because this all starts because jimmy goes to the unity house where it's a baseball team and Hmm. he's a pitcher and he, he really um shines he's like a really good pitcher Mm. and then the white kid who was the star pitcher it gets sort of um mad about it Mm. and starts calling him uh china boy and um oh and china girl and uh basically being being racist like calling them racist names but then when that kid gets home And his dad, his racist dad, goes, "Why's your uncle. your suit, your uncle? Why's your suit in the trash?" He's like, "Oh, well, there's a new kid, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I kind of lost my temper, and I, I probably, um, you know, I got pretty angry and said some stuff I shouldn't have said, and blah blah blah." So huh. the the kid oh. understands that he was speaking out of anger and he was just overreacting, hmm. and he sort of accepted by the time he walked home that he was just like, "Well, yeah, that that was my kind of my fault." But then the uncle hears it and he's like, "No, it's not your fault." And that's you know they're they're uh, devious. They're a devious people, and they did that on purpose to yeah, get you out of there and blah blah blah. They're, they're taking um, our jobs. They're taking like they're in the police station now, and now they're yeah. going to be in this, and now they're taking your your sports team. Like just like, yeah, he goes and he, hard. even the, the kid even goes. I I don't know if he meant it like that, Uncle Matt. You know, so um, I like that as well. It wasn't just like evil kid, evil dad. Mm. Like it was mm-hmm. like no, I was I was upset and I was being kind of a d bag. Whoops. Um, and then it moves on from there. But th- it's just those little things that I think there's some nice nuance. Yeah, and there's it. a really fun B-plot in here, too, about Clark having repressed memories. Yeah. This is a really, really good book. It's it's a prestige format. Uh, it's thick. What is it, like 80 pages? It's mm-hmm. one of three. So when this is all together, it'll be a really good-sized book when it's all yeah. collected. And it's E for everyone. 
It's great. It's just it's just really good. Like you could teach these this in schools. Does now, this can, story could, resolve this itself, be, or is there? This is like this the is first third one. of one story. Yes. Okay. Cool. It is the first third. Uh, also, I love the old S. I love. I just love the old S yeah. shield with the mm-hmm. yellow, like the thick yellow band around the it. The Max Fleischer. I think. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. Love it. Um, the only thing I will say about the art, and uh, I noticed it as well, but my wife, who is Asian. Hmm. Saw it, and uh, I was kind of showing her, and I was like, oh, isn't this cool? Look at this, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, that girl's Asian? Hmm. Because she's drawn in a manga-esque, you know, facial representation, so right. her eyes are very big. Right, right, right. But the brother has sl- more um, Asian-looking eyes. Right. But the, the sister does not. So she, ha- she found it hard to believe that the sister was Asian as well. Hmm. So, yeah, that's just something that um, I thought was interesting. Anyway, yeah. Brian, you should read it. I Yeah, I intend to. It looks really cool, and I was sorry I didn't get a chance to before this discussion. Yeah. Oh, you'll be sorry. I am currently sorry. Oh, all right. Never mind. My <laughs> bad. I'm sorry. Do you feel bad? Feel worse. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Nightfall, number one, written by Scott Snyder and Kyle Higgins with art by Javier Fernandez. Don't miss this twisted tale from the pages of the game-changing event, Batman Nightfall. 30 years after Bruce Wayne was broken and failed to take back the mantle of the bat, Jean-Paul Valley, now known as St. Batman, has turned Gotham into the city of his dreams. In this new order, killing has become commonplace and criminals live in constant fear, all in the name of justice. But when all seems lost, a new hope for Gotham City rises. The son of Bane! Cow, cow, cow. This was fun! Yeah, I mean, so far, yeah. I'm... I am more happy. I'm I'm happier with uh, the stuff that's coming out of Dark or Dark metal. Knight's Metal, metal yeah. Dark Knight's Metal than Dark Knight's Metal. Yeah, itself. Yeah. So like the idea of the Dark Multiverse, and you've got all these like really fun ways of telling Elseworlds stories that are really quite screwed up. I, I do take slight issue though. Like, why is there a Dark Multiverse and not a parallel opposite Light Multiverse? Like, why is it well, the, the, the multiverse, multiverse is, is light. The light? So there's the regular. But not all, not all is sweetness and light in the regular yeah. multiverse. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean, like and this is dark. just as screwed up. Yeah, but these are all based up. on like fears that you have uh-huh. that they pop into existence and they're supposed to go away, but they haven't been going away. Like, is there oh, one I that's see, based a multiverse on multiverse of hope? Right, like, right? like, like when Superman's like, "Hey, here's how everything would work out well." Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't there that multiverse yeah. too? It's just I don't know, uh, imbalance. Well, it seems unusual. It's, wait, it's not. It's this. These universes are not created when somebody just like has an impure thought. It's it's when they make the wrong choice. No, I think it's when like I think the, all yeah. the different Batman from Dark Knight's Metal were Bruce Wayne's like musings about what would no, happen. No, but the, it actually those things actually happened on those worlds. So it wasn't like hmm. Bruce Wayne Prime thought about it and it happened. It was a Bruce Wayne made a choice to do this, and then that spawned a dark world. No, I think it is that they are. I mean, if that's the case, then that's horrifically convoluted, and I don't like it. I think that's. I think Tempest Fugonaut tells us that Fugonaut. Yeah. Everything you fear, every possibility, lives here as its own world. In the past, these worlds vanished when the fear was quelled. But lately, with the source wall broken and the crisis coming, things have changed, become unstable. Uh, worlds down here are mutating, taking on lives of their own, living beyond the imaginations of their creators. So they are so, worlds built on fear. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where's Sinestro? Good point. He'd love it. Yeah. <laughs> He's digging this shit. Um, I yeah, like this. I don't like the. 
I don't like the dark multiverse right. I, and all the the, the multiverse metal is stuff the multiverse. that he's doing. Like I thought that was weird. Um, and, and I think the way they described it was, you know, Grant Morrison's multiversal map. Yeah, yes, of course. The stuff that's in between all of those multiverses, there's like a yeah. black goo, and within that black goo are these tiny oh, I they, evil multiverses. I thought they flipped like, the map over. They or that. did. Yeah, oh, isn't you're that right. in the book? Like you're he, right. he has yeah, like yeah, the multiversal yeah. map over, and it's like, yeah, but. And they flipped the On map the over, and it was just like the back side of it. What about yeah. this perspective? Exactly. It was like, also, there was dicks drawn on there. And yeah, it was a lot of wieners. Yeah. yeah. But this, this story, the book was fun, though. The book was great. great. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I was thinking, who is it? I thought of someone immediately as soon as we saw. I want to say it's Connor from iFanboy. <laughs> I feel like he hates, um, oh, what's it called? Um, nanotechnology. He hates it. I think he hates nanotechnology. Why would he? Why would he have a strong feeling against nanotechnology? <laughs> I don't know. Is it, it Connor it or be... Josh that hates nanotechnology? <laughs> oh, I, I mean, forget. it could go either way. But it could produce like immortality for us. Nanotechnology could be awesome. And... I think. He's, I think they were talking <laughs> about specifically like nanotechnology as a suit. Where like oh, oh, yes. will just I thought he meant like the yeah. tech, <laughs> yeah. like when, our human pursuit of it. When they're talking, <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a storytelling. Device. Oh, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> I think specifically like in you know what I hate science. <laughs> the Marvel movies when like instead of it's a helmet, it's just like a button and like, yes, yeah, I hate yes. that. Like the, oh, really? the Captain Marvel. Oh, I love it. Me too. I I'm think super it's into cool. It. But yeah. I like it for some characters. I, not for I also like this weird um, uh, bat nano. Bot, bot? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, Wayne. you're getting yeah. ahead of yourself. You mean disembodied head and corpse or head and torso so gross. of yeah. Bruce Wayne that's yeah. kept like, alive with science? Well, the <laughs> yes. same way that um, the RoboCop remake did that to Murphy. Yeah, yeah that's Where right. he was just like, I think like a brain and some eyes and a heart. Huh. Yeah. I didn't see the remake. Yeah, you don't. All right. Hey, no, I, you're fine with that. Right. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> I got a lot of things to watch. unfairly maligned. <laughs> But yeah, I, this was a lot of fun. I hate John Paul Valley. I've never liked him as a character. Yeah. I hate that he took over as Batman. Yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah. was a bunch of bunk. But um, this story, I think, was a lot of fun, and and following it to its logical conclusion. I didn't see uh, the I didn't see the twist at the end. I didn't. Oh, see me neither. Oh, yeah. That was really was that really was great. nice. And if this is and you know, I know that we played this game what two years ago now with Dark Knight's Metal. But if these um, fun one and dones kind of lead to these, you know, the ends of these kind of leading into a crisis. mix of it all, crisis of it all. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool. I would love to see this this version of of Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, with or fight against or with. I don't know. However, it's going to turn out, but this is like a fun, um, low, low threshold way of like reading tangential. I mean, stories really, all we have is just another evil Batman. Yeah, well, but, but the other he's ones are not gone. so evil though. He's I just mean, like he's not good. He's not good, but he's not like Joker Batman. He's not the Batman who laughs. You know what I mean? His mm-hmm. his he's dark. And no, he's but I'm talking bad. about all those other Dark Knights metal, yeah. dark versions of the Batman. Dawnbreaker, right? Drown. But they were all like villainous, right? Were they villainous? Because this guy, they I get start, the sense, is they like all started off well, as sure, Bruce, as Bruce, of and course, and wounds up going down a dark path, right, right, and right. becoming villainous, right, just like he does here, yeah. Yeah, I guess I took this at the end. He was like a like a grim protector who I don't agree with, but he thought he was doing the right thing. I mean, kind of guy. he murdered Whereas, his allies immediately. Yeah, yeah he, that's a really good point. Step one, this. he did do that step out of one. no in cold blood. Step <laughs> one, no reason. Murder yeah, your allies. That's true. Yeah. Oh, also, just a quick shout out to this artwork. This art is great. I don't know yeah. this um, artist, Javier Fernandez. Um, he sounds it's, very familiar. It's a little bit of Lee Weeks mixed with a little bit of. Um, Oh, Guillermo, what was that guy's name? 
He draws a lot of like really buxom women. He started off the uh, Catwoman New Fifty Two. Gil March. Gilliam March. Yeah. Gilliam March. Yeah, wow. yeah this is Gilliam March cool. meets Lee Weeks. Just came out of nowhere. Well yeah. done. I was like a, I, I, it was like a fugue state. I yeah. just was like, <laughs> Gilliam March. So my assumption at the end is Tempest Fugonon has not found what he is looking for here, right? So each one right. of these is probably going to be him looking at something and yeah. like, yeah. Ah, that so one didn't work out. The framing device. All of these are right, like right. failed failures. He's combing through the dark multiverse to try and find a hero, and all of these are just not Like who's strong enough to deal with yeah. whatever is coming up. Is Wally his other one? Uh, I think Wally's a different thing. Wally is somebody that he help is doing, you know, wants to well, I mean, help out with the crisis. We, can we just say that Heroes in Crisis was a version of the Dark Multiverse? And I'd be fine with that. Wally oh, is, wouldn't that be nice? Wally <laughs> yeah. is being pulled out. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 that'd be fine. I would uh, accept that. Yeah. yeah. It's a way to, like, it mattered but doesn't at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, no, you didn't. <laughs> hey. I like his Batman costume, too. St. Batman. Oh, yeah. Is, is a cool evolution of Azrael and Batman, his mm-hmm. Batman together from the 90s. Because I feel that similarly to you, like I didn't like it at all when it came out, but now it's nostalgic, you know. I I only remember broad strokes of it, and I think that's all I ever need to remember. Well, I think he didn't want you to like. like I didn't know this as a kid, but I think the the writer was like, "Hey, people don't understand why Batman, why Bruce Wayne is a good Batman, and he shouldn't go around being like breaking people and mm. killing them. And I'm going to introduce John Paul Valley as a guy who shouldn't be Batman, right. And show you what you're missing, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's going on with his mask? Um, it's mm. it's made out of metal. It's a helmet, but then there's also like there's a star that's been carved into it, and there's like a little bit of stitching. Is it? I didn't know if this was something I was yeah. missing a reference to. No. At first, I thought uh, it was a cross because he he's very religious. Yes. But it looks more like a star. I just. I think that's kind of similar right, to his symbol. In, on his chest, right? A little bit. Well, that's not another bat. not the one that's here, but his symbol from like when he was Azrael later. Uh, I don't remember it that clearly, but gotcha. after he was, you know, when he was kind of like gotcha. back on the side of the heroes. Um, it was a very Scott Snyder move here where um, Jean-Paul Valley, he now is addicted to Venom. Venom. Yes. The drug. The, the was he drug. was he in Nightfall? In, no. No. Okay. Not that I was aware okay. of. No, I don't remember that. Um, but uh, I like how we've got the son of Bane here. And John Paul Valley is like, well, I don't have any more Venom because my wife got rid of it all. I guess she <laughs> yeah. flushed it down the toilet. Uh, so I'm going to rip off this kid's arm because his blood is venom, and then drink yeah. venom from his stump. Yeah, his Which his, his son his son genetically is oh uh, limitless. Yeah, his son uh, genetically is able to increase in strength and size just because you know mm-hmm. daddy he follows too much Lamarckian venom. evolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, he rips off his arm and drinks his blood and gets a, gets a surge, which is um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. Cool. two words. Yes. Two words, yeah. but yeah. Um, also, I love you know nice not only one word. Not, o- out. O- <laughs> not, um, not only does the uh, outfit look cool, Batman, but I love that he's able to now fly. Yeah, and he makes his nanobots sort of like uh, bats. M- yeah, like a swarm bats, of bats. A swarm of bats. Yeah, yeah. 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 Is I don't it, know what they correct. Well, group it's murder of, of crows. I almost said yeah. Yeah. murder of bats. A wane of bats. A wane of bats. <laughs> oh, that's so nerdy. I fucking love it. Yeah, that's so awesome. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about this, and I'm really glad I like it. I still don't like Tempest Fugonaut. Yeah, yeah. As soon as he showed, as soon as I saw the text, because we see the text before we see yeah, him, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, fuck me. Does he have it's an infinity? Yeah. I was like, guy. oh, is he not just in Flash Forward? There's Damn more it. of Tempest. Yeah. Does there... he have a an infinity gauntlet on his hand? What the hell is that? He's got a little bit from everybody. I think it's um, <laughs> like just a... Um, Fleshlight. So it's a finite gauntlet. 
yeah, it's, it's a, a finite, finite gauntlet, gauntlet you, yeah. you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what time uh, it is? Time uh, for Thunder Round. Thunder Round. So basically, pew, pew. the Thunder Round section is where we do 60-second reviews. We each get, well, I don't know. It's always different. But we, <laughs> basically, we get 60 seconds to review a book. All right, here we go. So Brian is going to get Flash Forward number two, written by Scott Lobdell with artist Brett Booth. 60 seconds on the clock. Go. Uh, I did not like it any more or less than the first one, uh, which was to say not that much. There was like an X-Men Avengers parallel, which I'm usually all about. And I was like, this is not a good parallel. The names aren't that interesting. The thing, you know, it's just not that interesting. I am chiefly interested in this book to see what pieces are moved around on the board, what comes of it. You know, that's why I care about this book right now. Um, The story itself, I would like Wally to just be redeemed. Turns out it wasn't even his fault kind of thing. Would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, I have hope because at the end we see Jay and Iris. That's right. Right? So I was like, okay, cool. I might not like the way it's being told, but... We've got some stuff coming up from pre, you know, New 52. Maybe they'll come back. Who knows what could happen? The fires of hope are lit once more. His kids? End End of round. His kids? His kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, they exist Whatever. What I'll say about this is we all hated them when they were here the first time, and we all were excited that they got forgotten. I wasn't wasn't too into them being there, but I like what they represent as Uh like, oh, maybe he could get his past back. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they'll, like, I don't know, age, and they'll be adults and they'll leave. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Whatever. <laughs> I'm, All right. I'm exhausted by that. Yeah. I'm not even reading it. By the Thunder it. Round. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was excited for Flash Forward until I saw the creative team, and then I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And it's ex- I mean, I've gotten exactly what I expected. It's a Wally-centric story. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Noel's going to give us Justice League number 34, written by Scott Snyder and James Tinney in the fourth, with arts by Bruno Redondo and Howard Porter. 60 seconds on the clock. Thunder round. So in the past, half of the Justice League is working with the JSA to get a piece of the totality, and they're fighting in Atlantis. In the future, the other half of the Justice League is inside of a bottled future, and Commandy is collecting other members of Justice League in multiple futures to fight off Brainiac um, to get a piece of the totality. And in the present, um, you've got Hawkwoman who is fighting Lex Luthor that is imbued with Martian technology, and she is the linchpin in making this whole thing work while the Ultra Monitor is fighting off Perpetua. There's so much happening in this book, um, and it is still telegraphed, convoluted garbage. I am so disinterested in how this is all going down because it's so poorly telegraphed character wise and it's just boring to read even though all these fun ass things are happening i'm i'm tired (laughs) end End of of round round. well (laughs) so end of round (laughs) i have i was telling jd a little bit about this earlier this week and i have to admit it now um i have become uh, 34 issues of this i was very excited and i've become incredibly disillusioned yeah so i went back and reread something that i thought was at the time awful Mm. and finished it last night and it is so much better than this and that's the that's the new 52 justice league Oh, get out of here. Uh, oh, I Scott's, enjoyed, or with, I enjoyed uh, it. Jeff Johns. And, yeah. and We got this. I, and Jim Lee. I will tell yeah. you right now, the biggest problem with that book 
is the f- well, two things. One, when it came out, we had no context for it. Yeah. They did not like prime the audience that it was going to be an origin story or anything. If anything, it was like confusing for the first six, six issues. Oh. And I do not think that Jim Lee was a good fit whatsoever hmm. for it. Like hmm. it's not super good Jim Lee art. But now you like it. I. But More reading, than you did. reading the streamline, like all the characters were fun. It was a very streamlined story. It, yeah, there yeah. was they were trying new things, and it was easy to follow. It was a fun, big action read. Hmm. This is the opposite of that, where it's becoming arduous. There's too much going on. Hmm. Way yeah. too much. Yeah, because everything on. you mention is like awesome. awesome. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. In a bubble. Yeah. yeah. But when it's got like one page of service and 22 pages right, of just right. tons, again. When you watch a 17-hour action movie, eventually you're just tired. That's true, as I often do. 17 hours I, of action? Yeah. I usually just fall asleep. Explosion, explosion, yeah. explosion. Yeah, exactly. Vin Diesel, explosion, explosion. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to, Nolan and I are going to team up. We're yeah. going to do 30 seconds for Superman Year One, number three, written by Frank Miller with art by John Romita Jr. Wait, wait, who goes first? Who goes first? No. Me go first. All right, so my quick review of this. Uh, I shared it with you guys on the uh, message thread. It was... Hey, just uh, Superman Year One number three. Fuck, Fuck this, this book. book. <laughs> That's all. Uh, wait, but I'll go a little longer. I hate the text boxes. I uh. hate the narration. I hate that they minimized Wonder Woman as just a side piece who cannot wait for Superman to come back so she can get on his D. This is the dumbest goddamn book I've ever read. It's really, really bad. I'm going to pick up where you left off and say, you're absolutely 100% correct, Noel. This was brutal. I liked number one and two because I thought it was doing something interesting with the character stuff I've never seen before with Superman's origin. And then I guess we get to the part where he goes to the Daily Planet and it's just Frank Miller, checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. Here's this, here's this, here's this. And it's all shoehorned in. Nothing feels connected. There's no tissue connecting everything. And it's just, it's, I, the, the more I read it, the angrier I got. I. End of round. Dang it. I, um, Ugh. I don't know. This, ah. It's a half-baked yeah. thought, but I swear to God, you can take the um, narration text box out of, the, out of this book. Just scribble them in a notebook, and it'll look like a sociopathic murder. You've notes. got the, you've got John Doe's uh, notebooks from Seven. It's it's so if you look creepy boxes, if you only yeah. read the text boxes. It's it's. I swear to God, his version of Clark Kent is a unfeeling sociopath. Yeah, who's just like talking through how people act. It's awful. Does he? I I heard that in the first issue, he evinces a power that's like subtle mind control, yeah. so that people like him. Is that shown anywhere later, or is it just like, I mean, no, that was just how he kind of got in there? If you want to create reasons after right. the fact as to why certain right. plot things happen, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, let's go back and like tag that in. Yeah, but it's I never not... mentioned since, yeah. ever. It's a really interesting idea, but people like Superman because he's Superman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's a great guy. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I can see it as like a, hey, why would you just take an, an, a child from a rocket ship into your home? Frank Miller disrespectfully disagrees. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Anyway. I'll bring it up in our next luncheon. Book. God damn it. All right, Brian, you're going to wrap it up with right. Excellence uh, 1 through 6. So Excellence was an image book that's yes. been going on uh, by Brandon Thomas with art by Carrie Randolph. You read all six issues today. I did. I am wrapping up the Thunder Rounds, correct? Yes. Not, the Not the entirety the of the show. No, no. Okay. <laughs> 60 seconds, go. I really enjoyed it. Um, I found myself sort of hoping that this was a six-issue mini so that I could get the whole story of it, but only because I really liked it so much and I wanted to I wanted to know where it all went. The art is really cool. It's got like a bit of a, I don't know, 
tech deco kind of feel to it. Um, he excellent use of limited white space in four characters. Like certain characters are just completely white um, with no definition or very little definition. The story is very difficult to predict where it's going. You know from the narration that the the main character is displeased with his actions from you know from some future van- vantage point. Um, you know, like maybe had I known this, things would have gone different. You know, or had I been more mature. Um, and it, it really makes one empathize with mm-hmm. that character. Jumps around in time, but in a very satisfying, easy to understand way. And the relationships between the main guy and, and kind of an antagonist and father are very, very interesting. End of round. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get tired. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's move on. The marked number one, written by David Hine and Brian Haberlin, with art by Brian Haberlin. Diamond has this to say, the marked may look like cool young influencers, but beneath their designer clothes, their bodies are tattooed with the magical glyphs of an ancient order that secretly protects the world against evil forces. With Unlike no- cool young influencers? What? Do they not have? I thought all influencers had tattoos with magical stuff underneath them. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, With no new occult threats, the marked use their tattooed powers solely for the pursuit of pleasure until a young woman called Liza creates a dangerous new form of hybrid sorcery. The party is over for the marked. You'll believe in magic, terrifying, soul-destroying magic. Oh, I misread that. Let me try that again. (laughs) You'll believe in magic. You'll huh. believe in magic. What uh, kind? Terrifying, soul-destroying magic. Oh, yeah. oh gracious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> um, so, Brian, what yeah. did you think of this book? I uh, I thought it was all right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was an interesting parallel to Excellence in that they told very similar stories of... Uh, the stories are not so similar. Similar settings in that, like, introduction to a new magical world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And excellence i just thought did it so much better yeah um this one i had read first so i wasn't like shaded against it Mm -hmm. but i mean it was kind of a run-in-the-mill mostly not remarkable tale of like yes here is another way that magic could work yeah and uh also that diamond solicit is the first that i'm hearing of there not being any magic problems in the world so they just hang out and have fun yeah yeah that was not shown even though they give you a lot of backstory in a very short amount of time yeah they skip that part yeah or at least i didn't notice it it was weird also the the world war ii stuff yeah. was i don't know, just an odd choice uh, neither good nor bad i just was kind of surprised that they were rooting a lot of it in like a major the most major recent event in history yeah. is this thing that happened in world war ii uh. um and yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was just kind of run of the mill for me. What'd yeah. you think? I thought it was fine. Uh, I always like magic, you know, urban magic sure. stories. Yeah. Um, um, my favorite parts of like Harry Potter is when they're outside Hogwarts mm. yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. interacting with the real world. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought this was kind of fun. I, I wasn't uh, against it. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, I like the different tattoos, and uh, I I do think. That the tattoos are a little confusing in that I'm not entirely sure what the rules are. So basically, yeah. I guess one kid has a, um, like, why would you even get this tattoo? He's got a tattoo of the light, um, traffic lights. Light. Yeah, yeah. The the red, yellow, green traffic yeah. lights. Yeah, yeah. So that he can control a traffic light. Like, you got a tattoo of that, so you could do that. I guess. I guess he. Um, I guess he. When you have a bunch of tattoos and you're just like, what else could I do with it? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I would have liked to know more about what their tattoos were. Oh yeah. Because it just seems like 
more like, oh, well, we want to do this in the story, so I guess this one will have a tattoo of it. Right. You know, it just seems sort yeah, of yeah, randomized. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and, and like her glyph is this like abstract phoenixy looking thing. Yeah. And then there's the traffic light tattoo guy. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Um, but also, isn't part of the problem that there's the, these new tech tattoos that are you know technology tattoos yeah. that are supposed to be forbidden but then this kid's just using a tech tattoo to change a light well no see i think that's a regular magic tattoo that influences something in the world yeah whereas the tech tattoos they look all you know circuity yeah and they are a fusion of two different kinds of magic or something uh -huh. like that they do mention like two other magical groups that they don't associate with uh -huh. um but uh I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. There's the the Pentagon group is yeah. is looking into some magic stuff too. There's another parallel with Excellence. They started Media Race here with her going blind, and uh, you know, then you find out like why that happened. Yeah. And in Excellence, there's like a kind of flashback beginning, but this one I was like, ugh, let's get to the part where it happens already. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's sure. like uh, I found myself sort of thrown back but I want to just start with the story in mm -hmm. this one, you know? Uh, the other thing that sort of took me out of the story a bit was the artwork. While some of the faces are really, really good, like I think the main character um, and the girl with the headphones, the cat headphones, mm -hmm. um, they're all very cool, but there's something happening with the artwork where it looks like uh, Brian Haberlin is using some sort of digital technology to create these... Um, sketches of these characters and then he's able to move it around within the computer and mm. then he sort of draws on top of that mm -hmm. and it's very um obvious when it comes to the, the way people's arms and fingers move the way the fingers like if you make a fist right it looks very different than the way a computer makes a fist close so yeah. um that was sort of distracting otherwise it's pretty good uh the art's not too bad but it does it gave a little bit of a reboot feel now, I didn't notice that, uh -huh. but you are an artist. Yes. You know what I mean? And I don't know that, I don't know how distracting that would be for people who aren't as good at this kind of thing mm -hmm. as you are. You know what I mean? Because um, when you said reboot, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, know, you know the show, though. You just don't see Oh, I know the, the show. Book. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. That was a cool it show. It looks as if someone had taken character designs or character poses from reboot and then drew on top of it. Is what I'm saying. Okay. But um, yeah, I thought I thought this was um, interesting enough. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to keep reading it, but I'm glad I read the first one. You know, at least tried it out. Yeah. 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 Um, Ultimate Carnage number four, written by Donny Cates with art by uh -huh. Ryan Stegman, the penultimate chapter of the symbiotic event of the year. Eddie Brock has taken a beating, lost the allies closest to him, and after the shocking events of Absolute Carnage number three, sees no way to take Cletus Cassidy down once and for all without making the ultimate sacrifice. But what is the ultimate sacrifice of the two beings that are bonded as Venom, which will make it out alive? This is fun. I'm still having fun with this. Noel, yeah. you, we both were enjoying this uh, yeah, it's issue a, to issue, yes? It's a big old crazy B movie. I like it. it yeah. they, this was, um, this is the, yeah, the second to last issue. It's only five, which is like a great mm -hmm. event that just kind of, you know, ends um but um i really really dug the turn in this book yeah. like you you like any really good hero's journey and you know in this instance eddie brock is a hero he's been for a little while yeah. um you strip him away of everything that makes him special and then you make him function without it mm -hmm. so they completely took him uh, all the symbiote away from him and all he has is this 
stock room of old weapons, and he has to go fight off an army of symbiotes. Well, this is the one thing I didn't like about the book, Noel. Oh, go. I will tell you further. Uh, do you want me to finish what I was going to say, or do you want to jump in? Why don't you finish? I just I really like the turn of of him. Uh, so they they earlier in the series they seeded the idea that these codices codexes codices whatever codices codices yeah 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 um all have a piece of who had the symbiote before just so so like a piece of strength or a piece of understanding or knowledge. Um, so we put the hero in a situation where he has access to all of those codices that were taken out of Marvel heroes. I believe it's pronounced codices. Codices. <laughs> uh, codices. Yeah. Uh, uh, that are so. So you've got like it's just big crazy comics fashion. Mm. You've got Cletus Cassidy who is super powered with all of these information from the from you know. All the other symbiotes, and then Eddie Brock, who now has the potential power and information of Wolverine, Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel, pretty much anybody that's ever been. Is that what happened? Yeah. Wait, what? Did I you... did not get that. Yeah. So he's got. He's so got... The, this machine was taking the code codexes the the out maker... of the maker was taking codexes yeah. out of. Shitty Reed Richards. The Marvel heroes. Yeah. They were incapacitated for a little while after having them safely removed from them yeah um he said he was destroying them but he wasn't he was actually just collecting all the codices uh-huh. in that in that big machine yeah so you've got think, eddie brock think, you know kind of like the the ghost container at the end of yes the- yes the containment unit at the end of ghostbusters there you go. um so you've got eddie brock uh beaten all the hell about to get overcome by all of these uh zombie uh carnage symbiotes and he realizes that right behind him is this canister that is filled with all of these heroes pieces of a symbiote so he's like all right screw it and decides to open that up and see if that amalgam symbiote will adhere to him will bond with him oh here we go so he becomes a super venom i and it's so crazy and weird it's fantastic i missed a page (laughs) <laughs> I honestly somehow I missed a page. The voices of their former hosts screaming into my mind. Captain America's voice barking orders and war strategies. Wolverine's rage igniting my blood into ancient fire. I see through Hawkeye's diamond scalpel eyes. The thing's ungodly strength turning my muscles to stone. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, the thing that wasn't cool was um <laughs> I felt like their plan was, all right, so here's Wolverine and Captain America and the thing, and we're all gonna help out. All right. We've got this machine that's going to take the codex codices out of you. All, all of you guys go get in there right now together uh, so that you're all incapacitated so that I, Eddie Brock, have to use your weapons to fight this thing by myself. I, I was like, really? You couldn't leave just one? Like, hey, uh, maybe half of you go in now and the other half will go in afterwards. I just felt it was pretty poor planning. Super fair. But I think they talked about that in the last issue of like um, it's a, like a, a necessary evil of, you know, holding strong for like an hour or two because yeah. it was more dangerous for them to have them being taken out of them while they were alive uh, or up. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I just thought you it know. was, yeah. That, but literally, that's the only time that I kind of did a head tilt during the, the four issues that I've read so far. Everything else has been, I've just been rolling with. It's been a lot of fun. It's fun. But this is the one where I was like, really? Yeah, man, <laughs> you're not going to get the thing. You're going to get in the hot tub together. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's a there's an argument for it that's just like, you know what? Swerve into it. <laughs> like, like every time that they stupidly uh, in an X Men book try and like, because 
Xavier could potentially just do anything and everything in every true. moment. That's true. That's true. Like, right, oh, he hit his head because yeah. we want to actually tell the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I just kind of took it as one of those like, oh, we're going to take everyone off the board. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then we go forward. Here's Which, the other does thing. this count? For what we were talking about earlier in the show, the continuity, yeah, 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 the I way mean, people would act, kind mm, of thing. Is that continuity, no, or is it just common no, sense? No, I think it was a bad yeah. idea. Okay, gotcha. I, it didn't yeah. seem like anyone was acting out of character. It just no. felt like they made a bad plan. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Know what I mean, which is out of character for Captain, Captain America. America. <laughs> 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 A coded, coded I mean, cheese. So, I think is what it is. I couldn't do it. Spider-Man. Strategic. <laughs> so those that, those that weren't. Strategist. I did it. There were, they weren't, it wasn't everybody. Like um, Bruce Banner, Hulk, uh, Brock, and Spider-Man were guarding them while they rested. Yeah. So it wasn't like everybody. All right. Yeah. While they rested. I mean, um, it, took, it took a little out of you. Here's Literally. the other thing. Noel, yeah. maybe you can help me out here. I understand why Venom has the white spider on his chest why does carnage have a white spider on his chest oh because he he has the original venom symbiote oh that's right he ate the symbiote mm-hmm. so he he melded with it yeah so but um, i thought he had it on earlier too no this so that that symbiote the original venom symbiote uh freaked out and jumped onto. Yeah, freaked out, jumped onto Bruce Banner, turned him into the Hulk, so it was a Hulk venom for a while. Uh-huh. Um, Carnage was able to rip the, ven- the the symbiote from him, so then he got the codex from Hulk and uh, Brock at the same time. So it it's got the it's the got the spider? spider because it's the original venom. And of course, can look like anything that he wants. It yeah, to, and I then, think he just wants to rub it in. And I with, think at, you know. at that point too, Brock has it just because he's Brock. No, I'm looking at issue three, and he still has the white spider on him. And he's just oh. carnage. Oh. Well, then I don't know. I thought it yeah. was a story. Re- like, I haven't really been paying attention, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Any humst. Uh, it's well, it's a burn it. fun. Stupid. This yeah, is du- you know, no, now it's, it. now it's fucking yeah. garbage. I don't, I don't understand Stegman, why. Ryan Stegman, I want words with <laughs> you, sir. <laughs> Your uh, choices are dumb. Uh, X-Men number one, written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by... Lenil Francis Yu. Yes. The, uh, Dawn of X. Yes. Starts here. The X-Men find themselves in a whole new world of possibility. A whole new and things world of possibility on the moon. I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> and things have never been better. Jonathan Hickman and Lenil Francis Yu. Reveal the saga of Cyclops and his hand-picked squad of mutant powerhouses. So, the only thing that I think was a neg- negatory, a negative <laughs> uh, aspect of the House and Powers of X, mm-hmm. Hox Pox, Hox if you Pox. will. Oh, sure. Was that it was all very dry, and while some of the conversations were very interesting, there was not a lot of personality injected mm. by John Hickman into these characters dealing with each other. Um, but that while sort of was fixed with this issue, I think that there was a lot of fun dialogue in here, mm-hmm. a lot of relationships... Uh, happening, so th- everything that was dry about Hoxpox for me is is much better now. What did you guys think? Yeah, I th- I, I I agree with that. Like Hoxpox, it was like they had to. He had a lot of groundwork to lay, and he couldn't mm. really get into mm. all of these characters other than them other than them being good little soldiers for the larger machinations. Yeah, that Which, was the story. Was the that was the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is kind of one of those pods of characters. So you just kind of like narrow in on them and it's this is i was not expecting a soap opera book yeah and i i i obviously love it 
But I thought I it was a expected. lot of fun. All of these characters interacting for the first, well, not for the first time, but for the first time after Hox Pox yeah. was just a bucket of fun. I, I really thought this was charming. Now, wait, you guys, um, mm. I would call to mind our reactions to when Wolverine and Nightcrawler sacrificed themselves. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty character-driven that was, moment. That was it. And it was awesome. That was the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying it, it undoes the rest of it or it changes it, but I think it's an important point. Um, yeah. So works. here's here a little a little behind the curtain, a little how the sausage is made. Um, <laughs> it's currently we, Monday night at like 8.45. Yeah, and we were in the middle of the show when Noel started gesticulating wildly. Uh, More so, wildly than usual. Than usual, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I talk with my hands. And uh, so we paused the show. And then went and bought our Star Wars Rise of Skywalker tickets <laughs> for December. I needed to make sure that we all got to sit together because yeah. love is friendship and friendship is love. Yeah, it's true. And uh, I also, so we did it. I also wanted to make sure I got first show Thursday night because I don't want to wait until six thirty p.m. Six thirty p.m. Yeah, excellent. At uh, I, I mean the don't, Main Street Theater. If you guys want to join us, I, yeah, I want to be invited. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, come on down to Johnny Chuckers Hero Complex right before the flick. We're gonna go over. We've got our assigned seats. Uh, we'll be in row D. Yeah. If you'd like to stop by, uh, the ones preferably that look like us. during the film. Yeah. Say hello loudly <laughs> with the lights. Yeah, just walk over to our seats yeah. during the movie just, yeah. and if, introduce yourselves. If at all, or, or you know what, if you don't know which row D is, just walk in and well, go. Just yell. <laughs> hey. JD! Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I would also accept J. Dizzle mm. or Jadles. Mm. <laughs> How about J. Dizzles? Uh, too many. Jadle Dizzles? Jadle So, X Men, what happened? Where, where, where were we? Oh, yeah, it was. Uh, so, they was just, good. the X Men just bought Star Wars tickets, right? <laughs> Se- <laughs> seamless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I loved that this was a very character driven book. Even. Even it was very silly too. Like oh, it was there was very some silly. wonderful like jokey silliness in here and and innuendo and and weirdness. It's um, it's Hickman has a way of being able to like have his cake and eat it too. Like mm-hmm. when when you start to think that he's too clinical of a writer, then he'll come up with something like very playful and silly mm-hmm. like this, but it'll still fit in that clinical high sci-fi that he writes in often. Yeah. It's it's a it's a very um. It's very nice. It's very impressive. I miss the days where we would open up an X book and we would have, or even just superhero book, really, hmm. and we would have the the little screen, no, the little mug shots of the characters oh. with their names and their abilities. The roll call. The roll call. Legion I of Superheroes want... was maybe the first that did that. Yeah. Classic Legion of Superheroes stuff. Yeah. Um, because I don't really have much um, experience with Vulcan. And not only is he not called by name, he's just there cooking a steak and oh, having yeah, yeah. a tete-a-tete with Wolverine about, you know, medium versus medium rare and blah, blah, blah. He's cooking steaks. Mm. And I don't know who he is. And he speaks weird. Um, so he's like, inside this device, an inferno burns. That fire matches the one inside of me. Do you see? I was born for such things. And I will not stop until all-consuming flames have... Yeah, you're not listening. I want my steak rare. So, like... Yeah. Does does Vulcan always talk like this? No, I don't think so. Was he just being a Ish, silly Billy? Ishin, no. Like so, he was he was raised as a slave in the Shi'ar Empire. He has no social skills, and True. when he yeah, speaks, yeah, yeah. it's usually with a sense of regality. Uh, so, like the last time that I even saw him was during the War of Realm stuff, mm. and he was essentially the he villain. Like this? He was the villain, and he talked in like he, this is played for laughs. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you speak of as though you are royalty. 
in in all in declarative statements, then yeah, it's it's pretty preposterous. I do like later on we see him again, and I, what does he say? Um, cause that's he, why he, I don't have. Or I wasn't raised with a father figure or something like that. Yeah, I was not raised with a strong father figure. That's why I'm like this. Or yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that very was self-aware. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also I liked Young Cable. Um, <laughs> he wants this guy's gun again. I have no idea who this character is, whose gun he wants. I think uh, he's a star jammer. Star jammer. Sure. <laughs> All he's right. The What's a star one. jammer? Oh, that's uh, the Cors- you know what I'm saying? Corsair's no. buddies. Oh, I, I got you. Star I was kind of surprised. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. Is yeah, this yeah, is yeah. an X-Men number one. <laughs> They're yeah. musicians. That not only had a nigh impenetrable 12-issue series leading <laughs> right, into it, right? right? Um, but now we're starting with the new number one, and you're not telling us who any of these characters are, mm-hmm. what their relationships are, uh, you know stuff like that. Yeah. I, very yeah, yeah, rudimentary yeah. first issue stuff. I I want it. I want to be able to hand it to my customer who goes, who doesn't know what a star jammer is, right, and still right. be able to walk away from this and kind of get it. And there's a lot of interstitial matter in Hickman's stuff. He could have yeah, thrown that in there. You, yeah. <laughs> also, He's, is Rachel Summers Gray? I don't remember. Has she been called Prestige for a yeah, while before this? I don't yeah. Know. Okay. A little bit. <laughs> Not like a long time, but a little I bit. I thought she was Phoenix. No. Just yeah, I think she was for a little while had the Phoenix Force, yeah. but then it's been a while since then, and I think she was just called her real name. Maybe she's been prestige sure. for at least like two relaunches at this point. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I think like the she was prestige during like the gold red. Oh, blue right, right. Okay. Oh, sure. Shit. Yeah. I wonder yeah. how that fits into her. <laughs> Back to We're where not your powers know because they don't tell right. us. And then there's another wonderful little sequence between two women. One has white hair and a red bandana, and then um, Rachel Summers, mm. who I only know because I know who Rachel Summers is. Right. Uh, and they're having a little bit of flirt back and forth, uh, a little BDSM flirtation. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. with the spikes on her costume. Yeah. No idea who, who that is. Also I a forget, star jammer. Yeah, I forget her name. What's I a star actually... jammer? <laughs> they jam stars. No, oh, they yeah, are. Yeah. They are, are what? You need a star jam? They are <laughs> pirate, anything. They are. <laughs> they are pirate musicians who gather, who collect stars uh-huh. for to to fuel their instruments and make music that is universally loved throughout the cosmos. That's a star jammer. Cool. Oh, perfect. Wait, yeah, do they yeah. steal music or are they, they pirates steal, and musicians? They are pirates who steal stars okay. to power oh, their music, their, their okay. instruments. That makes sense for music that quells for the cosmos. For other people to pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, it's I a mean, big circle. There's no Napster in space. Yeah. Everyone is lawful and just pays for media. Everyone is lawful. Save the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> well, they need the stars. They and need no, the stars. There's no actual market for the stars. Right. I also like that because... because there's no have, market for the stars. I'm proud of myself for that one. Because they have um, uh, these... Uh, Krakoa seeds, which yeah. build portals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that Scott Summers was like, well, I'm going to build my house on the moon. Right. Blue Very area cool. of the moon. Very Is cool. anybody weirded out by the fact that Wolverine lives there with them? I I wasn't weirded out. I was like, oh, like, that's nice. Is there a little bit of like... Well, Ooh. here's the thing. Uh, I yes. was scrolling through Facebook, and I came across uh, an article that I did not read, but it was basically like, did X-Men just low-key yeah. make them polyamorous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they? Is Scott... Gene and Wolverine polyamorous. Wait, it's one the, way to handle the, the problems. What's yeah. the what's yeah. the building layout? Don't they do a map? Hang on, where's the where's the room? Yeah. Also, I didn't get it for summer house. Is the summers house? I was like, ah, uh, oh, that's cool. That is cute. All right. I yeah. didn't get that either. Oh yeah, they do have rooms right next to each other. Oh. <gasps> They're adjoining rooms. Maybe they Look. have mm-hmm. doors. Room in the ten, eleven, and twelve. Pod ten, eleven, and twelve have. Mm. Uh, Wait, why don't Gene and Scott have the same room? Are well, they not fully they're together? Not, right I, now? Well, I don't think they're polyamorous. Maybe they're all equal footing. I don't think they're. 
they're not a, they're not married anymore, right? Oh, really? Right? I don't know. Well, I, don't she, know. I mean, she died and came back to life. He did the that same. That marriage must yeah. have been annulled Wolverine at some did point. The same. It is specifically stated in many people's vows. I do to death. death. Yeah, to death. us part. Yeah, yeah. But, right. but well, death we parted. parted. <laughs> then you're gonna redo it all over yeah. again. So, um, other other than my little quibble, yeah. It was fun. It was good. It was good. Oh, also, bit of comics history continuity. I have since remembered that the at least Brave and the Bold twenty eight first issue of the Justice League had the little the little faces. Oh, when I said it could have been Legion, gotcha. it could have been, but it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Indeed. Um, uh, Scott's costume is very cool. I don't think that's premiered before now. No, this right? is new. This blue. This blue John is. I like that one. New. Yeah. Really? I still it just hate corsairs. Like, it just I mean, it's just like, like a costume. basic costume. I it's just, just like liked a, it. I just well, thought it was, it was pretty costume. cool. I think it was in Hawks Box, but they didn't really do any okay. like service to it. But yeah, it's it's um, it's a friendlier version of like the militant Scott yeah. from mm-hmm. Uncanny X. Yeah. They got rid of the big X face. Yeah, that'll yeah. do Remember it. That really that changes things. Well, and also, yeah. like, I love that. I know a lot of it's people. It's a cool hated look. It. I thought it was but, real cool. Yeah. I didn't hate it. It was like a Rorschach mask, but yeah. it had yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a red and it X all on. lit up when he used his powers. That was dope. It was cool. That was dope. Oh, one thing I didn't pick up on during the lead-in miniseries, but I did hear was you know how all the mutants are together because they're mutants. You know, it's uh-huh. like doesn't matter if they were antagonists in the past. Yeah. Now they're all together. Uh, the humans are doing the same thing, mm. where you know AIM is working with Shield yes. to put this all together, and it was right there. He stated it many times, mm-hmm. but I didn't see the parallel until this book. Yeah, uh, it was a cool I didn't parallel. See it until you just no, said it. Oh, very good. Question: <laughs> Is Scott and Lorna like doing it? They seem to have a little bit of a thing too. Oh, Maybe yeah, everybody in I the Summer's know. House. Well, is, because uh, I mean, Lorna yeah. and Havoc used to be a thing. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, uh, for a while, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. a long while. Man, the X Men are getting just a little sexier. Right? Well, I mean, I it's know, right? they're, they're, I mean, it's <laughs> it's a it's you know, for lack of a better term, pretty incestual. Like they yeah. just kind of stay in their pods, like true. take turns dating each other. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. But but it seems like because he makes it's this like kind when of. It's like we all work at the Applebee's and you just sort of like have sex with everyone else. Who's I remember that. Applebee's. Oh, I think I'll get a job serve. at Applebee's yeah. actually. <laughs> food service. Everyone dates yeah. everyone. But but no, like Cyclops makes a whole thing. Like you know, I held on and I have you, my father, my family, my boy. We're home, and he's like, no, he he's saying Magneto this to Lorna though. It's or no, like, no, sorry, Cyclops is talking about his father. Yeah, Cyclops is talking about there. he has his dad, his yeah, son, yeah, yeah. like the, all of them back. Yeah, so I guess he's like with Lorna and his dad. Man, is very sexy. I think I mean, everybody in the summer's house and is, is with everybody boning. else. Yeah, every yeah, like yeah. every room's got an entry to the next room. Yeah. It's just like multiple like it's ba- it's like swapping the, beds. Um, Oh, what is it? Do you that? stand in the middle of Summer House and just go, eeny, meeny, miny, mo? Whichever, like, which room? It's like a chore wheel, which but for who you're, you're doing see? it with tonight. Yeah, human, <laughs> just a sure human, a mutant centipede. <laughs> that is not what I think of as sexy, but all right. <laughs> to each our own. <laughs> don't you, I mean, don't you I mean, kink shame me, Brian. I, arguably, that's gross. Yeah. yeah. Arguably. Oh, no, it you could be argued. Argue <laughs> Objectively, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> Um, also, this always tickles me. So basically, we've got the um, the Summers, Scott Summers there, and Daddy Summers comes in. And I didn't notice it until a certain thing happened in the conversation. But basically, Daddy Summers goes, oh, Gene uh, asked me to come find you. Dinner's almost ready. And then that just put into my head, like, y'all are walking around in this house on the moon in full... <laughs> Get up in full superhero military get up did you ever all see, the time. Did you ever see um, Bottle Rocket, that Wes Anderson movie? Yeah, no, I never did. It's actually, like, yeah, the character always wears the jumpsuit because yeah. it's just easy and uh-huh. it's all he has. 
I, was I assume that's it, what their life is like now. It's also, just like, like an identity thing, mm-hmm. maybe, as like second skin, sort of like, this is me suits. when I'm myself. I'm in my oh, Cyclops outfit. Oh, I know. see. Like, these are my mutant clothes. Yeah. I'm not going to wear human clothes. Yeah. Because I'm mutant all the way. And just like this, it, it makes me feel more like me kind of thing. I'm comfortable here in these I just, clothes. You know, I, I just liked seeing Scott with like the red sunglasses on those are always i've cool. got like the dress yeah, down yeah, yeah. at yeah, least yeah. Rock, at least take the visor off and pull the the cowl down exactly uh. yeah, although you, you think that the visor be is like way better that. to yeah. wear you know what i mean like he's got just a nice, safer he's got a nice full head of hair just let that's it out. true yeah. well sometimes he has the open i mean top, but, but, top, not but not when he's one. doing the like, dishes I wear, a, I wear a baseball <laughs> right. cap for too long and my head gets all itchy i couldn't be i couldn't imagine being in a giant i imagine if you could shoot a beam out of your head you should wash i imagined it you should wash your head it's amazing <laughs> what I, or how you, you should wash your hair oh it won't be as nah, itchy I don't know. I, All like right. two three days worth <laughs> is there anything else uh well how they did dishes was uh fascinating oh tell us oh yeah uh More they krakoa sh- krakoa goo up mm-hmm. in the dishes and it eats the dirt yeah. also which sounds like and a great disgusting. thing to do yeah also what is the uh biological process that they mentioned that krakoa tried oh, to krakoa tried to make uh, disposable or biodegradable plates from itself. So yeah. you're essentially eating off of Krakoa. Yeah. And he was like, this was a better in-between. Oh, I thought <laughs> I thought it was like the plates did something to the people that were eating off of them. It was like, oh, we eliminated going to the bathroom. Because theoretically, they could do that too. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. Ew. Right? That would be cool. I would love that. Ew. It would mean less ew. You don't You don't have to, you know, I mean, do I your f- business I anymore. feel like it's a, it's a process, <laughs> in and out. I right. don't know if... I think just like you have a set of the the goo down in in your just, in your bowels, eats the and it bowels. just takes Wait, care of it. Wait, what was it? What's yeah. the yeah. What's disgusting? The... Was when Krakoa tried to grow us in edible plates that also improved what it considered to be abnormal biological functions. I want more of that. Yeah, I yeah, want, yeah. I want to know more about yeah, that. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I want one of those pages of text that uh, I would like that as well. Write. Yeah, it, isn't yeah. and Krakoa this... doesn't shit. I assume. Yeah. Well, is this that, is this is in line with what was it in the Harry Potter world the. Wizards don't go to the bathroom. Oh, really? You didn't. I didn't know that. Here? Like J.K. Rowling is that kind canon? of canon, or J.K. Rowling kind of. Did she tweet it after the fact? Uh, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Because that's uh, where they just I don't know if I they just that canon. they man- magically manifested outside of their colon, like out of their colon. Where did they put it? Shut up! Where did they put it? I, I want you it? to look this up. I'm not going to do it. If I'm lying, I mean it's a good lie. Yeah. But I. I mean, if I could do that, I would do that. Apparate it out of your your colon. I mean, I'd have to consider where I'm apparating it to. It's yeah. a concern. If I could just make it go away. Do I have, you have to have eyesight to, to where I'm apparating it to? Oh, like yeah. Nightcrawler doesn't just bamf. He has to be able right. to see where he can bamf to, right? Does he, or is it yes. just he if has he be, has been Well, there. he has to be able to know it, not right. literally right. see it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're, the show, should we finish? Well, I, just, sure. I think everyone's going to be happy knowing that we got our Star Wars tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to help out the show, you can go to Johnny Dish- or Patreon, comma, God, motherfucker. Patreon. <laughs> That's a long dot- web address. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> slash Johnny Destructo if you want to help us out. You can also rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you got this podcast. Uh, you can email us at coltspopgo at gmail.com. Noel, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on social media and here every single week with you guys just loving my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Brian? 
I can be found at brianleibdesign.com, B-R-I-A-N-L-I-E-B, as in boy, design.com. I am also here when we record the shows and at some other times. And we'll also oh, be well, also, uh, going to see And we'll be Star at Wars, Star Wars, December, December 19th, December 19th, Rode, <laughs> see yeah. you guys there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks so much, and we will talk at you later. Bye! Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>